0: Heavenly Father God, we come before your throne of grace, and Father, we ask that you please bless this portion. Father, please and give us the words to speak and help us with understanding, as well as just guiding through everything that's stated in this portion, Father. We can't do this without your help. For we're men, and apart from you, I know that we're nothing. Father, please continue to raise up all those who need you and help them to lean on you more and see that you are the hope. Let your glory be shown through all. Father, please help Micah and Hannah as they're going through this pregnancy and please help uh, CJ as he's taking care of the babies for Jannie as she helps Micah and Hannah and please help Jannie as well. Father, please continue to bless every member of this group. Father, please continue to guide us closer and closer to you. Please help us to build a solid, relationship with you on the foundation that is your son father we're thankful for your son and everything that you do for us and it's through him that we pray in the heavenly father in the name of you heavenly father we love you and we ask these things in the mighty name of Yeshua. amen tongue twister <laughs> all right um i'll go ahead and start if you might join say join I'm going to go ahead and just read straight through the end of 47 there. It's just a couple passages, a couple verses, and then we'll go through 48. <clears throat> it says, I'll be reading out of the T.S. 2009. It says, And Yehob lived in the land of Mitzrayim 17 years. So the length of Yehob's life was 147 years. And the time for Israel to die drew near. And he called his son Joseph and said to him, now, if I have found favor in your eyes, please put your hand under my thigh and show loving commitment and trust or truth to me. Please do not bury me in Mitzrayim. He's basically asking to make an oath. But I shall lie with my fathers and you shall take me up out of Mizraim and bury me in their burial place. And he said, I do as you have said. And he said, Swear to me. And he swore to him. And Israel bowed himself on the head of the bed. And after these events, it came to be that it was said to Joseph, See, your father is sick. And he took with him his two sons, Manasseh and Ephraim. And Jacob was told, See, your son Joseph is coming to you. And Israel strengthened himself and sat up on the bed. And Jacob said to Joseph, El Shaddai, Almighty Yah, appeared to me at Luz in the land of Canaan and blessed me and said to me, See, I am making you fruitful and shall increase you and make of you an assembly of peoples. And give this land to your seed after you as an everlasting possession. And now your two sons, Ephraim and Manasseh, who were born to you in the land of Mitzrayim, before I came to you in Mitzrayim, are mine, as Reuben and and Simon are mine, or Simeon. Your offspring, whom you shall bring forth after them, are yours, and let them be called by the name of their brothers in their inheritance. And I, when I came from Padan, yeah, Padan. Rachel died beside me in the land of Canaan on the way, when there was but a little distance to go to Ephrath. And I was buried, or I buried her there on the way to Ephrath, that is Bethlehem, Bethlehem. And Israel saw Joseph's sons and said, Who are these? And Joseph said to his father, They are my sons, whom Elohim has given me in this place. And he said, Please bring them to me, and let me bless them. And the eyes of Israel were dim with age, and he was unable to see. And he drew them near him, and he kissed them and embraced them. And Israel said to Joseph, I had not thought to see your face, but see, Elohim has shown me also your seed. So Joseph brought them from between his knees, and he bowed down his face or with his face to the earth. And Joseph took them both, Ephraim with his right hand toward Israel's left hand and Manasseh with his left hand toward Israel's right hand and he brought them near him and Israel stretched out his right hand and laid it on Ephraim's head who was the younger and his left hand on Manasseh's head consciously directing his hands for Manasseh was the firstborn and he blessed Joseph and said the Elohim before whom my fathers Abraham and Yitzhak Isaac walked the Elohim who has fed me all my life long to this day the messenger who has redeemed me from all evil bless the youths and let my name be called upon them in the name of my fathers abraham and and yitzhak isaac and let them increase to a multitude in the midst of the earth and when joseph saw that his father laid his right hand on the head of ephraim it was evil in his eyes and he took hold of his father's hand to remove it from the head of ephraim to the head of manasseh and joseph said to his father Not so, my father, for this one is the firstborn. Put your right hand on his head. But his father refused and said, I know, my son, I know. He also becomes a people, and he also is great. And yet his younger brother is greater than he, and his seed is to become the completeness of the nations. And he blessed them on that day, saying, In you Israel shall bless, saying, Elohim, make you as Ephraim and Manasseh. Thus he put Ephraim before Manasseh, and Israel said to Joseph, See, I am dying, but Elohim shall be with you and bring you back to the land of your fathers. And I, I have given you one portion above your brothers, which I took from the hand of the Amorite with my sword and with my bow. Every time I read that, I always think of, <laughs> you know, you see Joseph seeing the, what he thinks is an error. You know, and he said that it was evil in his eyes. He thought it was wrong. (laughs) And Israel, Jacob, he knew exactly what he was doing. This makes me think of, you know, times where we think that something's not the way that it should be. But God's always got everything figured out before us. (laughs) Sometimes we don't see it to begin with. That just always comes to my mind. And then we see the completion of this all the way through the text. (laughs) Everywhere. (laughs) Because Israel, which is the 12 tribes, is typically, later on in the text, referred to as the northern tribes after the two house split. And it's also synonymous with the name Ephraim. And that right there is important. The fact that it says his seed is to become the completeness of the nations. Almost prophetic, if you will. Anybody have anything to add to this?
1: Yeah, I think sometimes my patients, <laughs> a lot of the times get in the way. I, I don't, I can't see the big picture and and my patients get in the way. it's just like, okay, is this going to work out or is this not going to work out? Am I just wasting my time hoping for something that's not going to work out? Or, you know, father knows all. And I'm sitting here like, okay. Like what am I doing here? <laughs> yeah,
0: one of the, one of the things I definitely have to work work on is uh, patience. I've gotten a lot better, but there are times. There are times. I'm still a human. <laughs> I'm still a human. But one of the I am not gonna say it's the worst things you could pray for, but what Let's just say this: If you pray for patience, you better get ready for a roller coaster. Because he's going to give you patience, but it's going to be the way he wants to give you patience. Oh man!
1: Yeah, the, I I don't remember if it's you who said it or or somebody else. They're like never say never, because that's false. <laughs> And you know, I've talked with you, Dustin, and you know, my wife is like, I'll never follow what you're following. And it's just mm-hmm. like, okay, never say never, <laughs> but then it's like my patience is like, okay, father, you know, you know the future, but like, what's happening here? Because every day I'm getting resistance, <laughs> <laughs> so what's the dealio here? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's
0: – that's why I don't like these seasons. I'll just say that. I don't want to make too many comments about it. There's just – there's too much back and forth. and
1: Yeah. That's why I said I think I'm in one of those <laughs> – in one of those seasons right now because it's just like – I just feel out there right now.
0: <laughs> and it would – Yeah.
1: Says when I when I
0: first came to Torah, I really didn't have <clears throat> anybody. <laughs> I was just kind of a loner. Yeah. You know. I think sometimes that's best in the sense that you know, you get growth. A lot of people tend to flock around a group and then they get swayed, you know what I mean, like left and right by whatever the individuals are saying like whatever truth they've come to and i'm not saying that's a good thing or a bad thing i'm not saying it's a bad thing it is good to see other people's opinions but typically it it, it tends to get more frustrating but when you actually sit down and study which when you're a loner you know uh, yeah you you typically you typically do study a lot more i'll say that because if i'm you know from fellowship and you guys like i'm not Unless we're doing a study. <laughs> I don't typically sit down and study. But then when I, I seclude myself and sit down and, and, and get close with God, it that's typically when my study time happens. And it's always his time. Always his time. I keep waking up, it seems like earlier and earlier, every morning. And it's like, what, what are you doing here, God? What are you trying to show me? You know? Right. <laughs> Wake up with a scripture on your mind and then you're like, why? <laughs> you know? So you go read it and then like, you go down this rabbit trail like an hour and a half before you got work. <laughs>
1: uh, trust me. I, I get that completely. Cause it's just like, I don't know if it's like my spiritual OCD or what, but it's like, I'll start studying something and then my mind just goes rampant. And I'm like in it for six hours and I'm like, okay. <laughs> just like what I posted earlier, you know, about Paul It seeming like Paul, um, was um, um, going backwards on his statements? Yeah, going backwards on his statements. It's just like, okay, this is where they get this, but it, we know, I know that can't be right. <laughs> so, see, what, <laughs> what you did there, though. That's that is the clear
0: representation of how we should interpret second peter 3 14 through 18 because he, he says peter says the paul's words some of them are difficult to understand in which untaught and untrained and i'm not saying that you're untaught and untrained but what? when you're studying these things or hearing them because I'm. i guess it's debatable whether you're actually supposed to study the things but i do think that when you use these it helps to better understand the New Testament in light of the Old Testament, but right. I think that Peter was making the point that hey, don't take these things the wrong way, because some of the things that he says are difficult to understand unless you have the fullness of context. Right. And I think that he was probably stressing the point that you understand the Torah. Don't take. Right. Don't necessarily take what Paul's saying as. And again, I'm not trying to down Paul, but don't take, right. you know, what he's saying as, in in these letters that they're receiving, don't take them as uh, the authority, if you will. Well, right. I'm not, not going to say the authority, but what's the word I'm looking for? Don't use them as study material when he's, he's basically just telling you um, what you should be doing, which is going back to the Torah. I mean, right. Romans seven, you know, when you, when you go forward in Romans, cause you had mentioned Romans two 13 and Romans three 20, you go further right. in Romans seven. What does he say? I speak to those who know the Torah. Right. So right. I think it's always yeah. best in all matters to go back to the Torah and each, each one of his letters, you know, to individual people, um, they're typically touching on specific topics, At least, if not as a whole, then at least different portions of it he's speaking on specific topics. And you can take these topics, go back to the Torah and see where that topic's found. Study that out. Go back to Paul's letters and you go, oh, like Hebrews? Tell people, don't read Hebrews if you don't understand Leviticus because right. it's about the priesthood. And if you don't understand the priesthood, you're going to take everything in hebrews out of context period right and we see that in this day and age
1: right and you know i'm terrible with addresses but you know i'm a firm believer that um I, i think it's paul that says all scripture is for and help me finish that but um he was referring to torah this yeah. through Deuteronomy that's what he was talking about not even like I don't think he was even referring to Joshua through through Malachi I mean I think he was talking about Torah well when he says scripture
0: well I'll I'll say that I think that they meant all of the Tanakh.
1: all the, the reason I say tenet. that
0: is because if I'm not mistaken uh Yeshua even called Isaiah the law. Okay.
2: Along okay. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. If if it came from the mouth of God, which that's every prophet, you know, go back right. to the the parable of the the servants and the son. Like every prophet that came in the name of God was speaking the word of God. So it was law. Right. Right. You know, this was the instruction of the individuals, and I think that. i wish people would understand the um the whole context of why the prophets were sent it was because of disobedience to the law right and they were there to inform them and and i was telling my wife this so that it's like some of them you know they took it well like in jonah's time jonah was so scared he tried to he tried to like not do what god told him to do and this was a prophet of god yeah. You know, to the point that he was killed. You know? Yeah. And then and then he was raised from Sheol because God was like, All right, I'm I'm you're going to complete this task because he was crying out to him, like, okay, I'll do it, I'll do it, I'll do it. You know, all of Jonah too right. is basically speaking of his death, like being in Sheol. But and then he gets there and he's just like, God said to repent and go back to the former works, and everybody's like, oh okay. <laughs> <laughs> he's just like, You yeah. just you went through this whole whole trip, man, like trying not to do what God said, and it was that easy. It was literally yeah. that easy. <laughs> but then you have other people where, you know, they, they tell them over and over and over and over and over again, and they still don't do it. And then they face the repercussions. That's where I think we're at in today's world. I don't think that we're going through repercussions yet, you know, and in that sense, I think that we do have a lot of grace but i think that's also because there's a lot of people waking up to the truth. but i think that i think that it is only a matter of time before there's going to be judgment. now which judgment it's going to be whether it's going to be the final judgment or that i don't know. but i do i do feel like there is going to be a judgment coming soon. there's just too much going on. <laughs> but yeah. And I do want to specify again, um, I'm not against Paul. I love Paul. You just have to read Paul in context. And it's really not that hard with a lot of passages that people throw out there. Romans 14 keeps popping up over and over and over and over this past month or two. It's like, dude, they're talking about fasting. There was a whole argument about fasting, and he's settling the dispute. You know, because they're like, well, I fast on these days. Why are you fast on these days? And if you go back to even uh, in Yeshua's ministry, the apostles of John came up and said, why do your apostles not fast? We fast these days. You know, (laughs) it's not an unbelievable concept. I don't know why people take it and twist it, which, again, Peter said it would happen. And we see it happening. But I also don't think that, I don't think that they had, they may have, but I don't think that they had any inclination that anything that they had wrote down or said was going to end up in a binding like we have today. That's just my opinion, but. All right, (laughs) I'll go on to verse 49, or chapter 49.
1: Sorry, y'all, I had a phone call.
0: Oh, you're good. I'm I'm going to go on to verse, or dang it, chapter 49. Good Lord. And Jacob called his sons and said, Gather together so that I declare to you what is to befall you in the last days. And gather together and hear, your sons of Jacob, or you sons of Jacob, and listen to Israel, your father. Reuben, you are my firstborn, my power and the beginning of my strength, the excellency of exaltation and the excellency of power. Boiling like water, you do not excel, because you went up to your father's bed, then you defiled it. He went up to my couch. Simeon and Levi are brothers. Their weapons are implements of violence. Let my being not enter their council. Let my esteem not be united to their assembly, because they killed a man in their displeasure, and they lamed an ox in pleasure. Cursed be their displeasure, for it is fierce, and their wrath for it is cruel. I divide them in Jacob and scatter them in Israel. You, Judah, your brothers praise you. Your hand is on the neck of your enemies. Your father's children bow down before you. Judah is like a lion's cub. From the prey you have gone up, my son. He bowed down, he crouched like a lion, like a lion, and like a lion who does rouse him. The scepter shall not turn aside from Judah, nor an inscriber from between his feet until Shiloh comes, and to him is the obedience of peoples.
1: Binding
0: his donkey to the vine, and his donkey's colt to the choice vine, he washed his garments in wine, and his robes in the blood of grapes. His eyes are darker than wine, and his teeth whiter than milk. Zebulun dwells at the seashore. He is for a haven for ships, and his border is unto Sidon. Issachar is a strong donkey lying down between two burdens, and he saw that a resting place was good, and that that the land was pleasant, and he inclined his shoulder to bear a burden and became a subject to slave labor. Dan rightly divides or rightly rules his people as one of the tribes of Israel. Dan is a serpent by the way, an adder by the path that bites the horse's heels so that its rider falls backward. I have waited for your deliverance, O Yahuwah. Gad, a raiding van, raids him, but he raids its heel. Bread from Asher is rich, and he gives delicacies of a sovereign. Naphtali is a deer let loose. He gives words of elegance. Joseph is an offshoot of a fruit-bearing tree, an offshoot of a fruit-bearing tree by a fountain. His branches run over a wall, and the archers have bitterly grieved him, shot at him, and hated him. But his bow remained in strength, and the arms of his hands were made strong by the hands of the mighty one of Jacob. From there is a shepherd, the stone of Israel, from the ell of your father who helps you and by the almighty who blesses you with blessings of the heavens from above, blessings of the deep that lies beneath, blessings of the breast and of the womb. The blessing of your father have excelled. The blessings of your father have excelled. The blessings of my ancestors up to the limit of the everlasting hills. They are on the head of Joseph and on the crown of the head of him who was separated from his brothers. Benjamin is a wolf that tears. In the morning he eats prey, and at night he divides the spoil. All these are the twelve tribes of Israel, and this is what their father spoke to them, and he blessed them. He blessed each one according to his own blessing, and he commanded them, and said to them, I am to be gathered to my people. Bury me with my fathers in the cave that is in the field of Ephron the Hittite, in the cave that is in the field of Machpelah, which is before me Mamre, in the land of Canaan, which Abraham bought with the field of Ephron the Hittite as a possession for a burial site. There they buried Abraham and Sarah his wife. There they buried Yitzhak and Rivkah his wife. And there I buried Leah, the field purchased, and the cave which is in it, from the sons of Heth. And when Jacob ended commanding his sons, he drew his feet up into the bed and breathed his last and was gathered to his people. I want to point out something there, too, that I just, and I've read this passage 50,000 times. Genesis uh, 49.10 there, it says, The scepter shall not turn aside from Judah, nor an inscriber from between his feet. So that would be a scribe, would it not? Yep. Yeah. So I'm going to retract my statement firsthand in front of you guys. It very, very well may be the case that, at least in the gospel messages, I'll say that, at least in the gospel messages, that it was meant to be documented. It says, the word is hawk a primitive root pro- properly to hack that is engraved to be ascribed simply by implication to enact laws being cut in stone or metal tablets. Yeah, so. Pre governor, grave lawgiver, note, portray, print set. So, yeah, scribe. I shall not depart from Judah, scepter, nor a scribe. I do stand firm that I think Matthew was definitely a scribe of Yeshua. I still don't think that they personally thought that uh, anything that they wrote down was going to be binded together like it is. What a blessing it is, though. All praise to God. Agreed. Okay, there
1: it is. This amazes me how, how so many people doesn't see the Tanakh in everything that they that is in the New Testament. It baffles <laughs> me. Right. Do they not
0: realize what the footnotes are at the bottom of their page with little passages?
1: Like, how how can you take take any given book in the world? Who can start halfway through that book and understand the last half of it without reading and understanding the first half? Not just the Bible, any book. But that's what their concept is. We can start a Matthew and read a Revelation and understand it without reading the first half. No, you can't. (laughs) Nobody can. (laughs) Of any book. Especially not the Bible.
0: I agree. Because I feel like when you do that, your brain automatically has to use its imagination to determine how the story got to that point.
1: Right. So much like determining what somebody believes without knowing them.
0: <laughs> Pretty much. Yep. I don't understand it either, brother. But that's also, I'll also fault a lot of these seminaries.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely.
0: A you can't just cram this, you know, you can't cram this teaching that, you know, people just over and over and over and over have just believed for, you know, up until a certain point when a a, a meeting was called together and they decided on topics like, okay, well, what did people believe before then? This is why, like, I do plan on going back through the anti-Nicene fathers, which just means the the individuals that were before the church in Nicaea to see some of their beliefs, because what I have seen so far, I don't know how we got to where we're at today. That, that's, right. that's all I'll say. I don't know how we got, because when you read things that they believed, it's so different <laughs> and yeah. it aligns with scripture. <laughs> well i mean that's that's the best way to put it well yeah well there's no there's no contradictions when you see some of the things that they put together and then
1: you go back to the text you're like oh yeah yeah i see that <laughs> well people put so see- much trust in their pastor and it's just like yeah. it, but you know what I, I i can't i can't say something but i can't say nothing because I used to be that guy. I mean, why would the pastor who supposedly teaches all week be wrong? Enough. How could how could they be wrong? Enough. So, I mean, it's just the lie has been handed down and everybody just accepts accepts it.
0: Yeah, which it should be the law was handed down and everybody should accept it. Yeah.
1: <laughs>
0: That's how but it should not, be, not the, lie of the I mean, law.
1: <laughs> right. But then, you know, they're being taught that it's been done away with. It doesn't apply to us today. Yeah. So therefore, Thank they sure don't it think it's applicable. applicable, they don't think Thank it's you sure necessary.
0: Yeah, I agree. I think Yeshua was pretty specific when he said – and that, that's another thing I try to make a comparison with because people will – you have, like, gun advocates, right? Like, people that firmly believe in the Constitution, which I'm not against yeah. the Constitution, as long as we understand that it's not the Constitution that gives us our rights. The Constitution plainly states that we have been given rights by our creator. The Constitution is just a a backing of those rights. It is a yeah. – A declaration if you will that these rights are ours anyhow and you can't take them from us and people will firmly stand on the second amendment and say that oh you know that it shall not be infringed that means you can't even think about taking it from them. that's how you should look at the bible (laughs) right yeshua says if you want to be super technical it says you know I do not think that I have come to abolish the law or the prophets I have not come to abolish but to fulfill. He's <laughs> saying do not even begin to infringe on this because I have not come to do away with it. If you take it that way it puts a whole different context on it and there's <laughs> there's no way you can get around
1: it. Yeah and it's like that TikTok that you made and the do, the person that with the the picture of Jesus bowing down. I can't remember what their name was, but I quoted that and they were like, then they then they quoted like a bunch of Paul stuff. And I'm like, you're debating me, you're debating the Messiah with Paul. I'm like, come back at me with words that of Messiah that contradicts the words of Messiah, then we'll talk. <laughs> That's and then they were like, well, what about Genesis one through one or Genesis one one through Revelation twenty two one? And I'm like, okay, why don't you try that? Yeah, why don't you try that?
0: You. That's the thing too, man. I don't like when people pit scripture against scripture. <clears throat> yeah. yeah, scripture confirms other scripture. That's what it does, and that's what I try to tell people is. If you're reading something and your understanding contradicts anything else, even if there are five things that agree with each other, but you come across one thing that seems to contradict it, it is your understanding. And I suggest that you stop there and try to make that passage make sense with the other five, because it's not going to nullify it, you know? Right. All scripture confirms the rest of scripture. It has to harmonize. And this... When they do that, it causes it causes people to be correct. They're wrong, but it causes people to seem correct, at least that the scriptures contradict themselves. Cause when I first came back into the faith, that's that's kind of the mentality that I had because I'm reading because I started from the beginning, you know. I was like, All right, if yeah. so I'm gonna get back into the faith, I need to start from the beginning of the book. You know, and this is before I came to Torah. And I get to these passages where it's talking about don't eat pork, don't eat this and that. And then I'm watching these pastors on on YouTube and they're like, oh, this has been done away with. And I'm like, how? I don't see
1: you know, that. not yeah. <laughs> and and that's, you know, when I when I started this walk, um, I started with uh Rabbi Steve Berkson with M T O I. And that's one thing that I've carried with me that he has said, you know. If you've got five verses and one of them seems to contradict those five verses, it's wrong. Throw it out. <laughs> or
0: at least throw your <laughs> at least throw your understanding of that.
1: It's, right. Right. But people don't do that. <laughs> no. No. They think because one is contradictory or seems to be contradictory, that it throws out all five of the ones that verify i'm like how does that work but and you anyway. know
0: yeah and i saw this like this all the theologians like all your major scholars and theologians there's there's many topics that they don't agree on so it shows yeah. that there are different understandings of these things and then even if you go into the talmud you see all these rabbis that are constantly giving their own interpretations or opinions of these scriptures, and they typically don't agree. This is why you have such heated midrash it's even in today's society, where you have two different Jews that are just going at each other's throats over what their interpretation in the scripture is. And a lot of that does stem from the rabbis that they typically lean towards. But it just goes to show that <laughs> you know, there's differences of opinion, man, just because one person says something doesn't mean that that is actually what this is saying and this is why when you were quoting a second ago and it's first i think it's first timothy it's in first timothy i don't remember yeah i think so it's in one of the timothys where it says yeah (laughs) you rightly divide these things man be it be a a good steward of this stuff and you should study diligently
1: period study diligently That is our not rightly divide.
0: <laughs> yeah. Because because all of scripture is God breathed, man. And 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 you should go back and you should study it for yourselves. Don't just take some guy's word for it. Because then you're putting your faith in man rather than God. Right. And ultimately, ultimately, I'll say this: it's very lazy, very yeah. lazy to just take I somebody did. else's word for it. Yep. You know, I'm sure that people have going back to the whole Constitution. And I don't I don't necessarily like bringing politics into the mix, but it helps paint the picture a little bit better. When you if you go back to the, the Constitution, it would be like you watching some politician getting up on the stage and saying that this is what the Constitution says. And you just take their word for it instead right. of going back to it and seeing that. Hey, wait a second. You're wrong about that. It Says this. Right. Then it paints a different picture. And guess what? It affects your life. Well, guess what? The different interpretations of this text affects your life.
1: Right. <laughs> Dude, I'll even take it a step further and say police officers. Half of our police officers in our city, states, whatever, they do not know the law. They are oblivious to it. <laughs> I mean, I, I'm not against police. I'm just saying half of them don't know the law. And it just baffles. I mean, I know they're not lawyers. They're, they're not being paid to study law, but they just do not know the law. They're trying to uphold something that they don't know hardly anything about.
0: So if you want to make the comparison there, then if we're going to be, you know, Teachers, or, or uh, what would be the good word, ministers, servants to the word, then <laughs> we're, we're kind of like a, a police officer, and it is our due diligence. Yeah. It is our due diligence to study the word so that we can yeah. uh, rightly police people by it. Exactly. <laughs> Just made that connection, but yeah. <clears throat> Yeah,
1: because <laughs> you know what's so funny. So last week we had to uh, sign like this poster, and one of my managers last night. I was like, you know what? I was like, I'm gonna have a little little mini sermon here. I said, you see this right here? He's like, yeah. I said, this is a covenant. He kind of looked at me, and I'm like, it's an agreement, right? He's like, yeah. I was like. So by signing this, I said, does it do away with anything that we were supposed to do before? <laughs> he was like, no. I said, so same rules, right? He was like, yeah. I said, so why is it that, because he's kind of a Christian and stuff like that. I said, so why is it that we believe that the New Testament has done away with the rules by bringing in a new covenant? A new agreement. <laughs> and he just kind of looked at me. I was like, think about that for a little while and I just walked away. <laughs> Good lord.
0: Shalom to the people joining. uh I'll see you in there, Joey. We're going to Genesis 50 now. And that states. <clears throat> And Joseph fell on his father's face, and wept over him, and kissed him. And Joseph commanded his servants, the physicians, to embalm his father. So the physicians embalmed Israel. And forty days were completed for him, for so are completed the days of embalming. And the Mitzrites wept for him seventy days. And when the days of weeping for him were past, Joseph spoke to the household of Pharaoh, saying, If now I have found favor in your eyes, please speak in the hearing of Pharaoh, saying, My father made me swear, saying, See, I am dying. Bury me in my burial place, or burial site, which I dug for myself in the land of Canaan. And now, please let me go up and bury my father in return. And Pharaoh said, Go up and bury your father, as he made you swear. And Joseph went up to bury his father. And with him went all the servants of Pharaoh, the elders of his house, and all the elders of the land of Mitzrayim. And all the house of Joseph, and his brothers, and his father's house, only their little ones, and their flocks, and their herds, they left in the land of Goshen. And they went up with him, both chariots and horsemen, and it was a very great company. And they came to the threshing floor of Atad, which is beyond the Yarden, and they lamented there with a great and very heavy lamentation. And he performed seven days of mourning for his father. And when the inhabitants of the land, the Canaanites, saw the mourning at the threshing floor of Atad, they said, This is a grievous mourning for the Mitzrites. This is why its name is called Abel Mitzrayim, which is beyond the Yarden. And his sons did to him as he had commanded commanded them. For his sons brought him into the land of Canaan and buried him in the cave of the field of Mechpele, before Mamre, which Abraham bought with the field from Ephron the Hittite, as property for a burial site. And after he had buried his father, Joseph returned to Mizraim. he and his brothers, and all who went up with him to bury his father. And when Joseph's brothers saw that their father was dead, they said, What if Joseph hates us and pays us back all the evil which we did to him? And they sent word to Joseph, saying, Before your father died, he commanded, saying, This is what you are to say to Joseph, I beg you. Please forgive the transgression of your brothers and their sin, for they did evil to you. And now please forgive the transgression of the servants of of the Elohim of your father. And Joseph wept when they spoke to him. And his brothers also went and fell down before his face. And they said, See, we are your servants. And Joseph said to them, Do not fear, for I am in the place of Elohim. And you, you intended evil against me, but Elohim intended it for good in order to do it as it is to this day, to keep a great many people alive. And now, do not fear, I provide for you and your little ones. So he comforted them, and he spoke kindly to them. Joseph dwelt in Mitzray, he and his father's household. And Joseph lived 110 years. And Joseph saw Ephraim's children to the third generation, the generation of Machir, son of Manasseh, were also born on Joseph's knees. And Joseph said to his brothers, I am dying, but Elohim shall certainly visit you and bring you out of this land, to the land which he swore to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob. And Joseph made the children of Israel swear, saying, Elohim shall certainly visit you, and you shall bring up my bones from here. And Joseph died, being one hundred and ten years old, and they embalmed him, and he was placed in a coffin in Mitzrayim. And that's the end of that part of it.
1: So question. Do you see the definition of evil. In this passage.
0: Of evil.
2: Yeah.
1: Joseph's brother intended. This to be evil. But God intended for it to be Mm. good. So was it evil.
0: Uh yeah. I said
1: that it was evil. They sold it. Him was an because... evil torch. Joseph? Joseph Brothers. <laughs> it went well why why was it evil? Because it it caused um strife to Joseph. But it wasn't. Hold on a second, I gotta get the dogs settled. So evil is is something that might be, let me reword it, good intentions. So we know that that pig isn't, um, we know that pig isn't food. So if someone brings us a ham sandwich, do they have good intentions on feeding us? They do. But it's evil to us because we know about Leviticus 11, but their intentions were good. So we see it as evil, but they don't because their intentions were to feed us. I I, get what you're saying, somebody.
0: I get what you're saying, but in context of What they were saying, they intended to do evil to him. Remember, first they intended to kill him and then they intended to sell him instead of causing him harm, which I think Ruben was the one that uh, stood up and made that charge, but because he was going to rescue him out of the pit. Um, So they did intend to do evil, but we have to remember, and this is where a lot of people, (laughs) a lot of people tend to. uh, of go against god because they don't understand that all evil is meant for the good he uses every purpose you know because evil does come from god he allows things to happen but it's always for his greater benefit you know sometimes we fail to see the bigger picture so like in this example remember he had the vision of his brothers serving him and they basically mocked him and were jealous of him like Even his father, you know, they're like, you know, certainly we're not going to serve you. But then we see that at the end of it, that's exactly what happened. But the in-between is what kind of got a little wonky because he was sold as a slave. He was, you know, imprisoned twice. So, oh, yeah, it was twice, wasn't it? Yeah. Uh, Yeah. So it was evil but it was all for the greater good. Right.
1: Right. I guess what I'm trying to say is is evil a perception.
0: Yes and no. (laughs) Yes and no. (laughs) Yeah, I'm trying to dig deep here. (laughs) The only reason I say that is because when we go back to Nebuchadnezzar, um, God strengthened Nebuchadnezzar and used him to punish Israel, but then turned right around and punished Nebuchadnezzar. You get what I'm saying?
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely.
0: Same with Pharaoh, which I guess the next portion is where we're going to start getting into that. He literally, he raised Pharaoh up to be the greatest in the world before he made a public show of him so that the whole world would see the mightiness of Almighty Yah. Right. You know? Yeah. So, evil can be a perception. Some people might think that something's happening and this is just, this is great evil that's befallen me, but we can't dwell on that because it very well may, may be that the evil that's befalling you has to take place so that something greater can happen. And we see this with all the, you know, the individuals that the hope, love and peace message, which I'm not against hope, love and peace, but what I'm saying is they'll, you know, sometimes bad things have to happen. So the good things can happen. That is true. (laughs) That is biblical. It's just the way that they stretch that that's (laughs) a little far
1: fetched. Right, the whole, I'm saved now and nothing bad is going to happen to me.
0: Yeah. Look at Job. I mean, look at Job, man. Yeah. He had all of his sons, all of his children died in one day. One day.
1: Abraham died of a sickness.
0: That's why. Things happen, man. Things happen. But don't ever count God out. Yep. He's there. He's there. You got to keep your faith in him. I always tell people the Job mentality. This sucks. Praise y'all. Right. Right. You praise him in the good times as well as the bad times. Because he's always there. And we're going to right. go through trials as well as, you know. Yeah. And we're definitely going to go through persecution. And that's not just people saying that, you know, you're in a cult. Or whatever, right. I get that a lot. Right, that's not persecution, man. But we will go through persecution. But in the end, we come out victorious. That's what matters. Because because God sent His Son, and He was victorious. We have hope in that. All right. Joshua 19 is the next part. And it's verses 1 through 9. And it says, And the second lot came out for Simeon, for the tribe of the children of Simeon, for their clans, and their inheritance was within the inheritance of the children of Judah. And they had in their inheritance Beersheba or Sheba or Malah and Moladah, and Hatsar Shuol and Bala and Etzin, and Eltalad and Bethul and Hormah and Siklag and Baith Markaboth, and Hatzar Susa and Baith Oath. I probably butchered that. And Sahuin, 13 cities and their vi- villages. Ain, Ramon, and Hether, and Ashan, four cities and their villages. And all the villages that were all around these cities, as far as Balath Baer, Ramath, Negeb. This was the inheritance of the tribe of the children of Simeon for their clans. The inheritance of the children of Simeon was out of the portion of the children of Judah, for the portion of the children of Judah was too much for them. So the children of Simeon had their inheritance within their inheritance. Pretty self-explanatory. Now we're gonna go to First Kings 2. And it is verses 1 through 12. <clears throat> it says, And the days of David drew near to die, and he commanded Shilomo Solomon, his son, saying, I am going the way of all the earth, and you shall be strong and be a man, and guard the charge of Yahuwah, your Elohim, to walk in his ways, to guard his laws, his commands, his right rulings, and him, and his witnesses, as it is written in the Torah of Moshe, so that you do wisely all that you do and wherever you turn, so that Yahuwah does establish his word, which he spoke concerning me, saying, If your sons guard their way to walk before me in truth with all their heart and with all their being, saying, There is not to cease a man of yours on the throne of Israel. And also, you know that Joab, son of Seruya, did to me, And what he did to the two commanders of the armies of Israel, to Abner son of Ner, and Amasa son of Yether, that he killed them, and shed the blood of battle in peace, and put the blood of battle on his belt that was around his waist, and on his sandals that were on his feet. So act according to your wisdom, and do not let his gray hair go down to Sheol in peace. But show loving commitment to the son of Barzillah the Gileadite, and let them be among those who eat at your table. For so they came to me when I fled from Absalom, your brother. And see, when you are with you is Shimi, son of Gera, the Benjamite from Bahurim, who cursed me with a grievous cursing in the day when I went to Mahanaim. But he came down to meet me at the Yarden. And I swore to him by Yahweh, saying, I shall not put you to death with the sword. And now do not leave him unpunished, for you are a wise man, and know what you should do to him, and shall bring his gray hair down to Sheol with blood. And David slept with his fathers, and was buried in the city of David. And the days that David reigned over Israel was forty years. He reigned seven years in Hebron, and in Jerusalem he reigned thirty-three years. And Shilomo sat on the throne of his father David, and his reign was firmly established. That's how we should be. Uh, that's how we should be instructing our children. That old first portion there. Guard over the commands. Diligently keep the law. Uh, we'll move to Ezekiel eight five through eighteen. And it says and he said to me son of man please lift your eyes toward the north and i lifted my eyes northward and north of the slaughter place gate i saw this image of jealousy in the entrance and he said to me son of man do you see what they are doing the great abominations which the house of israel are doing here driving me away from my set apart place and you are to see still greater abominations And he brought me to the door of the court, and I looked and saw a hole in the wall. And he said to me, Son of man, please dig into the wall. And when I dug into the wall, I saw a door. And he said to me, Go in and see the evil abominations which they are doing there. And I went in and looked and saw all kinds of creeping creatures, abominable beasts, and all the idols of the house of Israel carved all around on the walls. And facing them stood seventy men of the elders of the house of Israel, and in their midst stood Yaz and Yahu, the son of Shaphan. Each one had a censer in his hand, and a thick cloud of incense went up. And he said to me, Son of man, have you seen what the elders of the house of Israel are doing in the dark, each one in the room of his idols? For they say, Yahweh does not see us, Yahweh has forsaken the land. And he said to me, you are to see still greater abominations, which they are doing. And he brought me to the door of the north gate of the house of Yahuwah. And I saw women sitting there weeping for Tammuz. Then he said to me, have you seen this, O son of man? You are to see still greater abominations than these. And he brought me into the inner court of the house of Yahuwah. And there at the door of the Hachal of Yahuwah. Between the porch and the slaughter place were about twenty-five men with their backs toward the Hechal of Yahuwah, and their faces toward the east, and they were bowing themselves eastward to the sun. And he said to me, Have you seen, O son of man? Is it a small matter to the house of Judah to do abominations which they have done here? For they have filled the land with violence, and turned back to provoke me, and see they are putting the branch to my nose. Therefore I shall indeed deal in wrath. My eye shall not pardon, nor would I spare, and they shall cry in my ears with a loud voice, but I shall not hear them. I think this speaks to the importance of why we should be obedient. It was Proverbs 28, 9. He returns his way his ear from hearing the Torah, even as a uh, prayer is an abomination. One of the reasons that we do diligently obey is naturally because we love the Father. But another important reason is because if we don't, then He won't hear our voice, period. That's just the first thing that came to my life.
2: Caught me off guard with your shalomo. Shalomo. <laughs> yeah, I did not know Solomon's name was just shalom with a hey at the end. Yeah. Shalomo. This means completeness or righteousness effectively. It as a verb, but as a noun it means peace or whatever completeness. Yeah, it's roughly the same. But yeah, kinda interesting.
0: <laughs> that was funny. Yeah. Do you imagine being named Shalomo? Sh-
2: Shalema Shalime, Shalema Shalime is more accurate. I don't know why they write it Shalomo. Shaluma is how they write it right here. Yeah.
0: Interesting. (laughs) Yeah, I wouldn't want to be named (laughs) Shlomo. Which I mean, yeah, yeah, you go back to the root. Weird spelling of it, yeah. You go back to the root. Being peaceful, I guess. I guess that's yeah.
2: To be or make whole or complete.
0: See here.
2: Apparently Muslim also means the same thing. Hmm. It's just M and then Shalom. It means unifier or peacemaker. That's interesting. I don't know why that's on here, but there you go. That I did not know. It's Ma meh Ma meshalem, shalom, however. I don't know where they get Muslim out of that.
0: <laughs> Your guess is as good as mine, man. <laughs>
1: Well, the Muslims have inherited a lot of the Torah. They're way off on a lot of it, but then you do see Torah and a lot of, of it.
2: Islam is also the same thing, too. It's just a yod, and then Shalom.
0: Weird. Wonder if there's some meaning behind that. Or at least used to be. Um, yeah.
2: Same with Jerusalem, of course. But yeah. It's in a lot of names.
0: Oh, here. I'll do this first. Go to Matthew.
1: Twenty-three. I gotta go out and come back in. Somebody tried to call me on Messenger, and now everybody's low. Oh, you're good. Go ahead.
0: I'll wait a second. All right. Now that you're back, sir. I'll read Matthew twenty three thirty four to through 36. <clears throat> it states, Because of this, see, I send you prophets and wise men and scholars of Scripture. Some of them you shall kill and impale, and some of them you shall flog in your congregations and persecute from city to city, so that on you should come all the righteous blood shed on the earth, from the blood of the righteous Hebel to the blood of Zechariah, yeah, Zechariah, son of Berechiah, whom you murdered between the dwelling place and the slaughter place. Truly I say to you, all this shall come upon this generation. Oof.
1: And
0: uh, John 10, 1 42. and it states truly truly i say to you he who does not enter through the door into the sheepfold but climbs up by another way that one is a thief and a robber but he who enters through the door is a shepherd or is the shepherd of the sheep the doorkeeper opens for him and the sheep hear his voice and he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out and when he has brought out his own sheep, he goes before them and the sheep follow him because they know his voice. And they shall by no means follow a stranger, but shall flee from him because they do not know the voice of strangers. Yeshua used this figure of speech, but they did not know what he had been saying to them. Yeshua therefore said to them again, truly, truly, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. All who came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not hear them. I am the door. Whoever enters through me, he shall be saved, and shall go in and shall go out and find pasture. The thief does not come except to steal and to slaughter and to destroy. I have come that they might possess life, and that they might possess it beyond measure. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep, but the hireling, and not being yeah, not being a shepherd, one who does not own the sheep, sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and flees, and the wolf snatches the sheep and scatters them. Now the hireling flees because he is a hireling and is not concerned about the sheep. I am the good shepherd, and I know mine, and mine know me, even as the Father knows me, and I know the Father, and I lay down my life for the sheep, and other sheep I have which are not of this fold, I have to bring them as well, and they shall hear my voice and there shall be one flock, one shepherd. Because of this, the father loves me, because I lay down my life in order to receive it again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down myself. I have authority to lay it down, and I have authority to receive it again. This command I have received from my father. Again, there came a division from among the Yehudim because of these words. And many of them said, he has a demon and is mad. Why do you listen to him? Others said, These are not the words of one possessed by a demon. Is a demon able to open the eyes of the blind? At that time, the Hanukkah, the feast of dedication, came to be in Jerusalem, and it was winter, and Yeshua was walking in the set-apart place, in the ports of Shilomo. Sh- there you go. So the Yehudim surrounded him and said to him, How long do you keep us in suspense? If you are the Messiah, say to us plainly. Yeshua answered them, I have told you. And you do not believe the works that I do in my father's name. They bear witness concerning me, but you do not believe because you are not of my sheep. As I said to you, my sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me and I give them everlasting life and they shall by no means ever perish. And no one shall snatch them out of my hand. My father who has given them to me is greater than all. And no one is able to snatch them out of my father's hand. I and my father are one. Again, the Yehudim picked up stones to stone him. Yeshua answered them, Many good works I have shown you from my father, because of which of these do you stone me? The Yehudim answered him, saying, We do not stone you for a good work, but for blasphemy, and because you, being a man, make yourself Elohim. Yeshua answered them, Is it not written in your own Torah, I said, You are are Elohim? If he called them Elohim, to whom the word of Elohim came, and it is impossible for the scripture to be broken. Do you say of him whom the father set set apart and sent into the world, you are blaspheming because I said I am the son of Elohim? If I do not do the works of my father, do not believe me. But if I do, though you do not believe me, believe the works so that you know and believe that the father is in me and I in him. Therefore they were seeking again to seize him, but he went forth out of their hand. And went once more to the other side of the yard, to the place where John was immersing at the first, and there he stayed. And many came to him and said, John indeed, indeed did no sign, yet all that John said about this man was true, and many believed in him there.
1: This makes me think of the Johnny Depp meme. everybody says, all I said is, and that's Yeshua running away. Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Like, where are you going with this, Rodney? But I guess. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Like, it's all about voice recognition. If you don't study your Bible, you're not going to hear the Father's voice. You're not going to know. Yeah. If it, if you say it, if if all that Old Testament stuff doesn't apply, you're not hearing the Father's voice because that is the Father's voice. People will well, admit he, that that Jesus was completely obedient, but yet they deny the Father's voice. Well,
0: he plainly says right there in verse thirty-five too says, if he called them Elohim, to whom the word of Elohim came, and it is impossible for the scripture to be broken. Do you say of him whom the Father set apart and sent into the world, you are blaspheming, because I said I am the son of Elohim. I think important there. It is impossible for the scripture to be broken. And there's still many prophecies that have not taken place yet. Yep. I do believe there are some that have taken place but we know that there's you know, quite a few that have not yet including the millennial reign. But that's a topic for another time.
1: <laughs> well, they think because Yeshua said it is finished on the stake everything was done. But that's because they don't have the understanding because they don't hear they haven't heard the voice of the Father. I think it's, you know, he made a very valid point that, you know, <laughs> you don't follow the voice of a stranger if you've heard the father's voice. But people who, ha- who have not heard the father's voice will follow a stranger. Yeah.
0: And that's what they do. <laughs> yeah. They, they yeah. <sighs>
1: Like I, I don't just try to pick on Christianity. I mean, I do, but I don't. I get it because that's where I came from. But it's just like, ugh, people read, study.
0: I'm, I'm easier on people that aren't actively teaching. Yeah. But I'm a lot harder on people that are teaching. Yeah especially individuals that call themselves pastors uh especially yeah pastors call themselves pastors if you're gonna be a pastor the whole idea of pastor i mean the root of it is what pasture right you are a a shepherd of sheep essentially that's your role if you are shepherding sheep then you're supposed to protect them in a in a physical sense and a metaphorical sense you're supposed to keep them from harm physically and you're supposed to keep them from harm with <laughs> all the extra nonsensical doctrine that goes on in this world that is your goal that is your job right and if you're not doing that and i see that you're not doing that i'm going to say something because that's also my job they might not be my sheep <laughs> but it may it may very well be that you are mishandling your title and your role over these sheep. I don't like that. Uh, That's where I come in, and love and loves does sometimes take firm correction. I've had to be firmly corrected multiple times. Yeah, it's just part of it, man.
1: I mean, I can I can think of an individual on TikTok right now. And I won't mention any names, but, you know. I know who you're talking about.
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's the thing, man. All we do is pray for him. And again, correct them if we see error. Because it, it, it again, it, it may very well be that somebody sees you correcting an individual that is teaching wrong, and then they go and they look it up themselves, and then they realize, oh, they are wrong because it says this.
1: Yeah, right. you're right. But, uh, I'm going to have to hop off here. My ride is here. I was inspecting them for another 20 minutes. But uh, Shalom, love y'all, and I'll talk oh. to y'all tomorrow night.
0: Shalom, brother. Love you, too. Have a good evening. We got technically two more passages. I'm going to read John yeah. 13. Then. Go ahead. Go ahead. Uh John 13, 1 through 19 And it says, And Before the festival of the Pesach, Yeshua, knowing that his hour had come, that he should move out of this world unto the Father, having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. And supper t- taking place, the devil having already put it into the heart of Judah, from Kiriath, Judas, son of Simeon, to deliver him up. Yeshua, knowing that the father had given all into his hands and that he had come from Elohim and was going to Elohim, rose from supper and laid aside his garments and having taken taken a towel, he girded himself. After that, he put water into a basin and began to wash the feet of the top ones and to wipe them with the towel, which he had, which he was girded. And so he came to Simon, Kepha, Peter, and said to him, Master, do you wash my feet? Yeshua answered him and said to him, You do not know what I am doing now, but you shall know after this. Kepha said to him, By no means shall you wash my feet, ever. Yeshua answered him, If I do not wash you, you have no part with me. Simon Kepha said to him, Master, not my feet only, but also my hands and my head. Yeshua said to him, He who has had a bath does not need to wash except his feet, but is clean altogether. And you are clean, but not all of you. For he knew who would deliver him up. So he said, you are, all, you are not all clean. So he went, or so when he had washed their feet and taken his garments and sat down again, he said to them, do you know what I have done to you? You call me teacher and master, and you say, well, for I am. Then if I, master and teacher, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. For I gave you an example that you should do as I have done to you. Truly, truly, I say to you, A servant is not greater than his master, nor is an emissary greater than he who sent him. If you know these teachings, blessed are you if you do them. I do not speak concerning all of you. I know whom I have chosen, but that the scripture might be filled. He who eats bread with me has lifted up his head or his heel against me. Now I say to you before it takes place that when it does take place, you shall believe that I am. I guess what well, says we technically got four more passages. But we can put we can stop therapy. If you want. Huh? If you want. You got Jubilees or We got Ezekiel thirty four, Psalm eighty one, Jubilees, Jubilees, and Testament of Levi. Can do it if you want. I'm ready. All right, I'm going to backtrack again to Ezekiel then, do that, and then Psalms, and then we'll go to Jubilees. Ezekiel 34, and that's the whole passage. (laughs) All right. And the word of Yahuwah came to me, saying, Son of man, prophesy against the shepherds of Israel. Prophesy and say to them. Thus said the Master Yahweh to the shepherds, Woe to the shepherds of Israel, who have been feeding themselves. Should not the shepherds feed the flock? You eat the fat, and you put on the wool. You slaughter the fatlings. You do not feed the flock. You have not strengthened the weak, nor have you healed the sick, nor bound up the broken, nor brought back the strain, nor sought what was lost. But you have ruled them with might and harshness. And they were scattered, because there was no shepherd and they became food for all the beasts of the field when they were scattered. My sheep wandered through all the mountains, and on every high hill, and my sheep were scattered over all the face of the earth, and no one was seeking or searching for them. Therefore, you shepherds, hear the word of Yahuwah. As I live, declares the Master Yahuwah, because my flock became a prey, and my flock became food for every beast of the field from not having a shepherd, and my shepherds did not search for my flock, But the shepherds fed themselves and did not feed my flock. Therefore, O shepherds, hear the word of Yahuwah. Thus said the master Yahuwah, See, I am against the shepherds and shall require my flock at their hand and shall make them cease feeding the sheep. And the shepherds shall feed themselves no more. And I shall deliver my flock from their mouths and they shall no longer be food for them. For thus said the master Yahuwah, See, I myself search for my sheep and seek them out. As a shepherd seeks out his flock on the day he is among his scattered sheep, so I shall seek out my sheep and deliver them from all the places where they were scattered in a day of cloud and thick darkness. And I shall bring them out from the peoples and gather them from the lands and shall bring them to their own land. And I shall feed them on the mountains of Israel, in the valleys, and in all the dwellings of the land. In good pasture I shall feed them. And their fold shall be on the high mountains of Israel. They shall lie there in a good fold and feed in rich pasture on the mountains of Israel. I shall feed my flock and make them lie down, declares the master Yahuwah. I shall seek out the lost and bring back the strayed. And I shall bind up the broken and strengthen what was sick. But the fat and the strong I shall destroy. I shall feed them with right ruling. And as for you, O my flock, thus said the master Yahuwah. See, I am judging between sheep and sheep, between rams and goats. Is it not enough for you to have eaten up the good pasture and the rest of your pasture you trample with your feet? Or that you should drink of the clear waters and the rest you muddy with your feet? And as for my flock, they eat what you have trampled with your feet and they drink what you have muddied with your feet. Therefore, thus said the master Yahuwah to them. See, I myself shall judge between fat and lean sheep because you have pushed with flank and shoulder and thrust at all the weak ones with your horns and scattered them abroad therefore i shall save my flock and let them no longer be a prey and i shall judge between sheep and sheep and i shall raise up over them one shepherd my servant david and he shall feed them he shall feed them and be their shepherd and i yahuwah shall be their elohim and my servant david a prince in their midst I, Yahuwah, have spoken, and I shall make a covenant of peace with them and make evil beasts cease from the land, and they shall dwell safely in the wilderness and sleep in the forest, and I shall make them and the places all around my hill a blessing and shall cause showers to come down in their season, showers of blessing they are, and the trees of the field shall yield their fruit and the earth yield her increase, and they shall be safe in their land, and they shall know that I am Yahweh. And I have broken the bars of their yoke, and I shall deliver them from the hand of those who enslaved them. And they shall no longer be a prey for the nations, and the beasts of the earth shall not devour them, and they shall dwell safely with no one to make them afraid. And I shall raise up for them a planting place of name, and they shall no longer be consumed by hunger in the land, nor bear the shame of the nations any more. And they shall know that I, Yahweh their Elohim, am with them, And that they, the people, or the house of Israel, are my people, declares the Master Yahuwah. And you, my flock, the flock of my pasture, are men, and I am your Elohim, declares the Master Yahuwah. I think that pairs perfectly with what we just read about the shepherds. Save that for after, because it goes from... New Testament, straight back to the Old Testament. (laughs) (laughs) Psalm 80. Shout for joy to Elohim, our strength. Raise a shout to to the Elohim of Jacob. Lift up a song and beat the tambourine, the pleasant lyre, and with the harp. Blow a shofar in the new moon and the covering for the day of our festival. For this is a law for Israel and a right ruling of the Elohim of Jacob. He appointed it And Yehoseph for a witness when he went throughout the land of Mitzrayim. I heard, I heard a language that I did not know. He says, I removed his shoulder from the burden. His hands were freed from the baskets. You called in distress, and I rescued you. I answered you in the covering of thunder. I proved you at the waters of Mer- Meribah. Salah hear O my people and let me warn you O israel if you would listen to me let there be no strange mighty one among you and do not bow down to a foreign mighty one i am yahweh your elohim who brought you out of the land of Mitzrayim. open your mouth wide and i fill it but my people did not listen to my voice and israel would not submit to me so i gave them over to their own stubborn heart to walk in their own counsels oh if my people had listened to me Israel would walk in my ways. I would subdue their enemies at once and turn my hand against their adversaries. Those who hate Yahuwah would cringe before him and their time of punishment be forever. He would feed them with the finest of wheat and with honey from the rock I would satisfy you. Okay, yeah, I think this is correct. All right. Different translations and I wanted to read a little bit to make sure, but yeah. 17-29, it says, And the Lord appeared to him by night, and blessed him, and said unto him, Your name shall not be called Jacob, but Israel shall be, or shall they name your name? And he said unto him again, I am the Lord who created the heaven and the earth. I shall increase you and multiply you exceedingly, and kings will come out from you, and they will judge everyone wherever the foot of the sons of men have trodden. And I shall give to your seed all the earth which is under the heaven, and they will judge all the nations according to their desires. And after that they will get possession of the whole earth and in, and inherit it forever. And he finished speaking with him, and he went up from him. And Jacob looked until he had ascended into heaven. And he saw in a vision of the night, and behold, an angel descended from heaven with seven tablets in his hand, and he gave them to Jacob. And he read them, and knew all that was written therein, which would befall him and his sons throughout all the ages. And he showed him all that was written on the tablets and said unto him, Do not build this place, and do not make it an eternal sanctuary, and do not dwell here. For this is not the place. Go to the house of Abraham your father, and dwell with Isaac your father until the day of the death of your father. For in Egypt you will die in peace, and in this land you will be buried with honor in the sepulchre of your fathers with Abraham and Isaac. Fear not, for as you have seen and read it. Thus will it all be. And do not write down everything. Yeah. And and do you write down everything as you have seen and read? And Jacob said, Lord, how can I remember all that I have seen and read? And he said unto him, I will bring all things to your remembrance. And he went up from him and he awoke from his sleep and he remembered everything which he had read and seen. And he wrote down all the words which he had read and seen. And he celebrated there yet another day and he sacrificed thereon according to all that he sacrificed on the former days and called its name addition for this day was added and the former days he called the feast and thus it was manifested that it should be and it is written on the heavenly tables for the for that reason it was revealed to him that he should celebrate it and add it to the seven days of the feast and its name was called addition because that it was recorded among the days of the feast days according to the number of the days of the year. I think this is talking about the Passover, isn't it? And it came to pass that after Jacob died, the children of Israel multiplied in the land of Egypt, and they became a great nation, and they were of one accord in heart, so that brother loved brother, and every man helped his brother, and they increased abundantly and multiplied exceedingly. 10 weeks of years, all the days of the life of Joseph. And there was no Satan nor any evil, all the days of the life of Joseph, which he lived after his father, Jacob, for all the Egyptians honored the children of Israel, all the days of the life of Joseph. And Joseph died being a hundred and ten years old, 17 years. He lived in the land of Canaan and 10 years. He was a servant and three years in prison and eight years. He was under the king ruling all the land of Egypt. And he died. And all that, and all his brethren and all the generation. And he commanded the children of Israel before he died that they should carry his bones with them when they went out from the land of Egypt. And he made them swear regarding his bones, for he knew that the Egyptians would not again bring out and bury him in the land of Canaan. For Macamaron, king of Canaan, while dwelling in the land of Assyria, fought in the valley with the king of Egypt and slew him there. And pursued after the Egyptians to the gate of gates of Ermon. but he was not able to enter, for another, a new king had become king of Egypt, and he was stronger than he. And he returned to the land of Canaan, and the gates of Egypt were closed, and none of, and none went out, and none came into Egypt. And Joseph died in the forty-sixth jubilee, in six in the sixth week, in the second year. And they buried him in the land of Egypt, and his brethren died after him. And the king of Egypt went out to war with the king of Canaan in the 47th Jubilee, in the second week, in the second year. And the children of Israel brought out all the bones of the children of Jacob, save the bones of Joseph. And they buried them in the field, in the double cave in the mountain. And the most of them returned to Ju- Egypt, but a few of them remained in the mountains of Hebron. And Amran, the father, remained with them. And the king of Canaan was vicious over the king of Egypt, and he closed the gates of Egypt.
2: And this is where it basically shows that an Assyrian came in to rule Egypt, which is why they forgot Joseph.
0: Well, it also shows because they brought his bones up. But as far as I know, it doesn't state that in 66. That he that. They brought his bones? Yeah, that's what it just said. Yeah, they did. Does it say it in 66? Yeah. Where's that at?
2: In Exodus, maybe Deuteronomy and Joshua as well, I believe. Oh, because his bones ended that. up in Shechem. Yeah, I'm talking about. Although that. Jubilees says that. It was, I believe it was Jubilees, it says that he was buried with his fathers and stuff, but I'm not sure. Yeah, in the double cave, yeah, so I'm not sure. It says right there in front of my face. So, I don't know. At least that's where one of two traditional sites today where they think Joseph is buried is in Shechem today. At the same time, we don't really know where the double cave is either, so I don't
0: know. I was going to say that. Were... All I know is that the I meant and that God. it was Yeah, I was going to I meant that it wasn't mentioned in
2: Genesis but... Right. I know um, they don't mention a new king in Genesis.
0: Yeah, they don't mention it.
2: It just says that they forgot about Joseph. But this kind of explains why they didn't. Because a foreigner came in. Because it seemed like that king was good, it seemed like he was a righteous guy. But, yeah, that changed.
0: Changed pretty dramatically.
2: Yeah, and I know in the Egyptian record, it does show that a couple times, that Assyrians and Babylonians came in, but everybody's conquering everybody.
0: The All I know is when uh, they—I know they found the sepulcher of Joseph, or it was supposed to be. Yeah, the sepulcher. Whatever is going on with your tongue is awful. With my what? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I was gonna say you got me on speaker, don't you?
2: Oh yeah, I did.
0: That's what, yeah. I hear, like, the feedback from it. <laughs> um, Yeah, but when they cracked it open or whatever, there was no bones in there. I thought that was interesting. Just kind of goes to show. Yeah, as far as whether it was Shechem or the Double Cave, I would assume that it was probably the Double Cave. Baseball, I mean, if you go by them. Jubilees. Yeah, that's what it says. Yeah. So.
2: Find it again where It says, and it might just imply that that's at least the last place where they talked about it, but I don't know. Let's
0: see. Um, I got one more thing to read here. Testament of Levi's. 10, chapter 10, one 5 And it says, And now, my children, observe the things which I commanded you. Since what I heard from my ancestors, I have told you. See, I am free of responsibility for your impiety or for any transgression which you may commit until the consummation of the ages. This is in brackets, but it says against Christ, the Savior of the world and leading Israel astray and in fomenting. And it. Yeah, I guess it would be correct against Christ, the anointed, the Savior of the world and leading Israel astray and in fomenting in the in it great evils against the Lord. And you shall act lawlessly in Israel, and with result, that Jerusalem cannot bear the presence of your wickedness, but the the curtain of the temple will be torn, so that it will no longer conceal your shameful behavior. You shall be scattered as captives among the nations, where you will be a disgrace and a curse, for the house which the Lord shall choose shall be called Jerusalem, as the book of Enoch the righteous maintains.